The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Thank you for downloading the show. I'm Amish Kennedy, joined in studio by At The Races pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello! As we reflect on one of the best weekends racing that the flat has seen. If you weren't excited by the weekends racing, then I really don't know what to say to you. And not only that, but we also have some proper jump stars, a legend to reflect on, and a possible future star that Kevin Blake highlighted uh, to talk about as well with some fantastic performances at Tipperary. Goran Park should deserve a good mention as well. But let's focus on Shanti, uh, where the great reaction was. Somebody tweeted to say, I don't know how the arc was because I was stuck in Deauville thanks listening to your podcast. So uh, apologies for getting it wrong so many times. But it was Shanti. Um, before we go to or, or Sean Tilly as the man on RT News called what last night oh, RT are the worst for racing they really are um, it's going to be Longchamp Paris next season as it's rebranded and uh, completely redone so this was the last time Sean T got to host it it's such I'm sick and I didn't get to go you know I didn't go this year I didn't go last year I'm a bit annoyed at myself I didn't go because I've never been racing a Sean T it looks genuinely spectacular it really does the the aesthetics of it are just so impressive. What do they call it? The Grand Stables? The, the Royal Stables? Oh, in the background there? It just beautiful. looks fabulous. Really yeah. beautiful. And there was a breathtaking performance. There were a number of very impressive performances on the day, but we've got to talk about, first of all, Unable. Um, what was the quote, Kevin Blake, before she ran in the King George? She's a machine, Kennedy. You can't be given £10 to a machine. <laughs> <laughs> that said, we all wanted to stick her on. Uh, except for Vanessa Ryle, who had an about turn at the very last second and decided to put her up after my impassioned speech about how much she has done for racing this season. And she has done a great deal to win at Chester in the way she did, to follow up at... Chester. Uh, to follow, <laughs> Chester. To follow, of all things to mention, Chester. Well, that's where she burst onto the scene. It wasn't really. She then goes to Epsom, <laughs> bolts up, uh, beating Rhododendron. We'll talk about her again in a few minutes. Um, the Irish Oaks. Last minute decision to go for the King George. Hence your legendary quote. Yorkshire Oaks, where we were a little bit concerned about her. But despite the fact that when Order of St. George crossed over her and lit her up, and that made you think, oh, oh, Frankie's going to be in trouble. Once they rounded the home turn, it was never in doubt. Well, it was one of those that I think it might have been three and a half furlongs or four furlongs out. Ian Bartlett said something like, look at how she's travelling. Yeah. And I'm like, God, look how hard she's still pulling. <laughs> she's, there's a price to pay for such a, for such a energy inefficiency, but clearly not in this case. Yeah, um, Great performance. Um trainer, jockey, horse, just a great effort. You know, I don't think any of us were really making a true form case against her coming into the race. And I don't think many people did. No, it, was big, a, it was a price issue for not, us. Not even so much that. It was just a big question of whether she could produce her best. If she produced her best, there wasn't a whole lot of people thinking that she would get beat if she did that. But there was plenty of reason to suggest that she might not produce her best. Hmm. And given the price she was, I was certainly happy to to go against her on the day, despite the fact that I, I'm mad about her. Yeah. Um, and it's just a fabulous trading performance, I think, because... You know, sometimes people can oversimplify these things or maybe we can overcomplicate them. But you look at a situation like this and you, after the race and you say, oh, of course she won. Best filly, getting £10. You know, she's been winning, bolting up in Group 1s all year. Of course she won. But it's not quite as simple as that. Like, it's a filly that's been on the go since April. An immature filly, one that, you know, has been physically developing as the season has gone on to the point where she weighed more going into the arc than she did at the start of the season. Mm. You know, this is a filly that's been that's been growing, um, widening, maturing as the season has gone and gone on. And John Gosden has, has, you know, guided her through that campaign with all that growing, all that development and all the exertions of all running in all the group ones that she has and being the type that she is, that she wouldn't really give herself an easy race no matter what she does because she does take a bit of a grip. Very keen. She's always on the front end. Uh, you know, she she doesn't she wouldn't have a, much such thing as a, as a soft race now. And, and for him to deliver her there in, in in top form, to deliver, you know, as good a performance, I know you, you strictly, if you look at the, the distances and the ratings and everything else. Maybe she did more in the King George, but for me, this was this was her best performance. Oh, I think this was definitely her best performance. Um, you, you talk about taking an awful lot out of 
uh, a horse ticking off that out of themselves. Um, you could look at Yorick and say, well, what are you talking about? She's won that easily. She's won by five lengths. But it, it's never that simple. We've talked about this on the show many times before. Just because a horse wins easily doesn't mean that they haven't themselves had a hard race and put themselves through an awful lot. How much credit does the horse and John Gosden get to be able to sustain this throughout an entire campaign? Oh, it's a team effort. You know, you have to have the horse to pull off the training at the training feet, but there's plenty in the training feet as well. You know, the the the, the art of training a racehorse is basically not doing things wrong. Mm. You know, it, it is the reduction of avoidable mistakes, uh, and maybe that's oversimplifying it, but it, it's there's so many pitfalls in training racehorses. You know, it's, it's an underappreciated art, I think. You know, people will go down the road of, oh, you know, a good horse is a good horse. Anybody would train it. Um, but navigating a filly or a colt through a group one campaign is a different story. Th- these aren't handicappers that you can basically run away until they're fit, until they're in top form and they go and win. You know, these have to be peaked on certain days, very specific days. Mm throughout the season you know there's no there's very little room for mistakes and John Gosden has got her there every day part of first day at Newbury I don't know what Gosden was doing there how'd she get beat how'd she get beat at Newbury well they thought Shutter Speed was the better horse didn't they and then look how that's worked out yeah but like but you know she obviously was still immature at that stage but for, from there on it's just been faultless mm-hmm and um, and, and it's know. been a gutsy campaign as well because they could have really skipped gutsy. the King George really good they could have skipped the King George they could have skipped the Yorkshire if they listened to me they would have skipped the Yorkshire Oaks <laughs> it was a ballsy campaign and I'm sure John Gosden you know I, I always remember John Ox after Cedar Stars won the Ark you know he just talked about the, the pure sense of relief when he won the Ark and the horse left his yard because he's, he felt such a burden of responsibility having you know uh, performed such an near faultless trading achievement with him to get him through every target through six six group ones in six months mm. and to deliver every single time at different distances as well you know, the pressure that comes with having to do that and you know if enable had got beat imagine the likes the, the stick the likes of me would have been given Gosden ah you, you left it behind at, at York <laughs> Gosden what were you thinking Blake on his high horse I told you you know uh, but that's reality you know I would that's not really my nature but <laughs> plenty of people would have been jumping on him you know how did you get the best horse beat but he backed himself he backed his filly and she's gone and produced a, a, a tremendous effort under a very very good ride I thought yeah I you know oh, this was because we talked about Golden Horn's performance and how the reaction to Frankie Dettori's win that day has been overplayed. This was vintage Dettori. Like it was only really after the podcast last week that I, that I really went and really hammered this down horse by horse by you know how this race is likely to pan out in the first couple of furlongs with the unique configuration of the Shanti mile and a half track. And it's only when you really thought about it and looked at last year's race that you go, oh God, Stall 2 is going to make things a small bit tricky for Enable here. Because he had to go forward. He had to be really positive. Mm. If he was, if he wasn't positive enough, he would have almost certainly have got boxed up. And she might have won anyway, but it would have, it would have heightened the, the, the risk for something to go badly wrong. And if he's too positive, you risk getting caught up with, you know, you know there's two or three potential bunnies in that race. And uh, she's a free-going sort. He could have easily overdone the positivity early on and got hooked up with one of them and pulled her chance away early on. So he got he got he found the balance. He, he was just positive enough to get forward enough without getting hooked up with the front runners, and he went left. Counterintuitively, he went left mm. rather than going right to to meet the inside running rail. He went left and stayed there for I don't quite know how long, maybe a, a furlong. Just to let everyone else play it, show their hand. Everyone else establish what they were going to do and then slot. You know, it was a, it was a lovely ride on, on the best horse, clearly. But sometimes the, 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 most, the best rides, the most beautiful rides are the ones that are just, they reduce risk. Yeah, keep it simple. Essentially. There was nothing simple about it, but... No, he it, did have to be very tactically aware. Yeah. But you look back on it and you think, that's just a piece of genius like strictly it wasn't the most efficient ride he could have given her but it was the one that reduced the chances of something going wrong uh, of his own fate being taken out of his hands like if he had to ride if he wasn't on the best filly there we'll say and he had to ride to save every inch 
to get every ounce of cover he could to help her settle, you know, and things went right at the latter end, she probably would have won by further. But mm-hmm. what he did just reduced the chances of, of there being a disaster. Yeah. Um, the draw, the first five, two, three, one, nine, and four. Yeah, I wouldn't like to read too much into that. It wasn't a, a, a really strongly run arc like last year. Like Idaho, people say, oh, he was sacrificed as a pacemaker. He actually didn't go wild. Like you look at the, at the his finishing speed, like he wasn't all that far far off par. He's finished you know, eighth. In yeah, the, he's like, run. Like he's he's run fine. He's run fine. He's he finished was, in front of seventh heaven. He's finished in front of Capri. If I no sort of run, he never got into it. Yeah, if if I had as as many as many plenty of people did back Idaho, I wouldn't be that. I wouldn't be upset about the ride. Mm. Um, I thought he was given a, a, a largely efficient ride. Maybe he, it wasn't the right ride for him. Well, is he just not good enough? Almost certainly, I'd say. But I wouldn't be upset about the ride. Um, it did. It, it was did certainly did seem a bit difficult to get into the race from off the pace. Yeah, um, a few in mid division there. You know, one foot in heaven was one Zarak. You know, they, they didn't really get into it at all. Seventh heaven, another um, winter for me. You couldn't say she didn't stay, but she's shaped like a filly now that was running it beyond her optimum. Uh, Ryan was clearly very anxious to get her lots of cover, so he went hard right out of the stalls. And she was in open space there for quite a while. Yeah, because of the configuration of the track, because Enable went hard left, almost, she was in open air there for a couple of furlongs and got a bit free. And then she got covered up, but she still didn't settle great. Bit of traffic in the straight. Uh things didn't go right but I think you'd be more comfortable with seeing her back at 10 or back at a mile even next time it was almost exactly what Vanessa said that she might do a, a found on it get boxed in and, and be in trouble and that was the case but yeah it got a bit messy it, it got did, a bit messy it did get messy for her um, but that being said I would be in agreement with you that I would prefer to see her back over 10 or, or even a mile yeah look full credit to them for having a go mm. yeah they, they went for it they had a go on the biggest day such decisions have to be applauded regardless of whether they work out or not. <coughs> Cracksman. Um, you know, oh, we, we have we, to, we we have did, to we address... Did see, we did see some smart arses after the race. Oh, well, of course that's why they didn't run Cracksman. They knew she couldn't finish second, finished second and win... Nine hundred and seventy six thousand nine hundred and twenty three pounds. No, the result you you can't judge. The, I wouldn't even worry about the result. You know, you make decisions based on what you know before the race in terms of risk and reward. If he finished fifth, one hundred and twenty two thousand pounds. If in terms of it's risk and reward, not he, he had to go. He would have been second fav. He had to go, but they didn't run him. So Anthony Oppenheimer is there sitting in his beautiful lounge, and he's probably sipping on a fine. Uh, vintage whiskey, probably something which has been maybe actually no. Let's change that. Probably a very fine vintage wine. And he's watching the race and he's saying, "What a great decision it was on my part not to not to run." Fantastic stuff. And then Gosden comes along and says, "Yes, and we might keep uh, might keep enable in training." He's like, <laughs> <laughs> what? 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 Doing the lagi on it. What? <laughs> So you decided to go on the final furlong Twitter page yesterday and, and announce that uh, Cracksman retired, no Frankie, no Cracky. People believed you. People people were tweeting out the race and saying, can you confirm Cracksman's been retired? The sarcasm detector wasn't working on, no. on the old Twitter yesterday. Uh, we can confirm he remains in training, but Anthony Oppenheimer is trying to find a bucket somewhere to deal with the fact that Enable's going to stay in training. It's going to be quite hilarious now if, if Enable makes it to the arc next year and they want their own cracksman and they're going to have no Frankie they're not going to they're going to be carrying whatever it is eight how many pounds eight pounds they're going to be carrying much more weight nine stone five as as a four year old giving you know having to give weight away as opposed to eight stone thirteen yeah having to give weight away to the new batch of three year olds Mm. and he'll be sitting there the day the night before that race going hmm maybe we should have had a goal last season could have finished second last year hey he could have won. Ah, Who knows? Maybe, Who knows? Maybe I doubt it though. I, I doubt it. I doubt it myself. But you don't know. And guess yeah. what? You didn't run, so you didn't get to find out. <laughs> Terrible decision. <laughs> really um, was. I really don't want to compare her to previous generations of horses, but I think there's a couple of things to say. First of all, uh, Trev was obviously fantastic in this race. Um, Zarkava was 
magnificent in this race as well. Asher, all these fillies with their with their with their, their sex allowance, allowance, with their wait for age. Wait for age and sex Give disgrace. me a wait for age and a sex allowance. Put a saddle on my back and I'd win the arc. The views of Kevin Blake are not necessarily those of the Final Forum <laughs> podcast or at the races. Uh, but we have had these fantastic fillies on the track which have just lit up the seasons and lit up the campaigns and Trev, uh, Zarkava and Enable are definitely there. Um, Frankel was obviously a, a fantastic story. See the Stars was a brilliant winner of this race. Frankel didn't go for the arc, obviously, and shouldn't have either. Um, but See the Stars too. I don't want to compare her to those because I don't think comparing generations is fair. But in terms of her importance to racing, you can't really quantify it, can you? You can't put a price on what she brings to the to the sport. I don't even like in uh, considering this in terms of importance to racing. I just like evaluating her. Like I'm, I'm not worried about what, what people on the outside are thinking. I, I I'm appreciating her because I love racing and I love good horses, and she's a very good horse. Fair she's a machine, good. Kennedy. She's a machine. But of course, we can compare her to other fillies in training around the world, can't we? Now, Candice was tweeting. Candice Hare, uh, if you're new to the podcast, is a fantastic analyst. She joined us on the show a couple of years ago. She now works with TVG in the States. And uh, Candice is a huge fan of... She, oh. was, she was actually... She was tweeting to say that last year she was in the production booth and that she feels so blessed that that's what she was doing last year and she's now presenting our coverage. So um, Candice is a great friend of the show and she will hopefully be on for the Breeders' Cup preview. Hashtag Kennedy loves women. She's also <laughs> a she's also a huge fan of Winx and was making a comparison between the sectional times of Enable and Winx and somebody tweeted her, I don't know who it was, but somebody <laughs> tweeted her to say, Ah, but your Winx has only beaten old Hartnell stealing the old Kevin Blake line. Old Winksy. <laughs> Old Winksy. You're never getting invited to the Melbourne Cup again. Old Winksy. <laughs> ah, stop. Um, let's finish up with the play sources. Cloth of Stars. He's run a fine race. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's proved himself for 12 furlongs now, you'd have to say. Yeah. Fine uh, run. Ulysses. Best, best of those held up. Ulysses. Um, but by, to, by quite a way, the best of those held up. Oh, yeah. Say. Yeah. Um, Ulysses had to be given a very smart ride by Jim Crowley, and he's done well. I think so. I still think he he like he he took a bit of a grip early on. I still think ten's his trip. Yeah, I'd agree. I think you. he's acquitted himself very well here, but I think ten is his trip. I don't think we're going to get to see him at ten. We're certainly not going to get to see him at a mile as I had hoped. Um, What's the story with with Delmar? Because I know that the Philly Ameriturf should be over ten, but it's actually going to be over nine. So, is the Breeders' Cup mile going to be over something like a, a Breeders' Cup turf going to be something like eleven furlongs? Does, or the no, I think there was a mile and a half. I could be totally okay. wrong. Just because uh, that track is so tight. Yeah. That all depends on where the starts are, but mm. um, I'll find that out as, as we type. But that's going to be next for him, where he'll probably face Holland Real, who could run this weekend, assuming the ground is okay. Yeah, ground would be the thing. A lot of rain about. Yeah, But, uh, like, Ulysses will be off the stud. Uh, it's... it's uh, he's been. Uh, you can't even bemoan it. He's, he's been a wonderful horse. He really has. He's had a great campaign. Yeah, it took him a while to get going, but once he did... Yeah, he, he really got there. Yeah, no, he's he's a super horse. Uh, best of the uh, best of the French three year olds was Bramato, who had a little bit of trouble, but he's he's run well. He he's has okay. to be fair to him. Um, Breeders' Cup turf is one mile and one half. Okay, all right. Harlan Reel's going to thrash him, uh, <laughs> <laughs> assuming they get good ground, which they badly need. And the best of Aidan O'Brien's horses was last year's third, Order of St. George, who's acquitted himself really well again in fourth. Yeah, ran a lovely race. A little bit like last year, he just didn't help himself. He missed a kick a little bit. Mm. And Donica had to be really aggressive with him to get him up there because the key with him would have been to give him a really positive ride because he does. He, he's, a, he's a better horse over further. But if you give him a really aggressive ride over a mile and a half, he can run very well at this level. And that's exactly what he's done. He, he was in the right spot the whole way. He was given every chance and just got caught for a little bit of pace at a key juncture when Enable was quickening. He was a little bit flat-footed and that was kind of the, that was it, basically. Is he, he going to come back for Champions Day for the stairs race at Ascot? I don't see why not. He bombed it? It'd be a two-week gap. Yeah, he bombed in it last year. Would you be concerned he's had a hard race there? <sighs> he hasn't had an easy race, that's for sure, but why not? Yeah, okay. Why not? He's been beaten before. Mm. Run him. Run him. Run him. Enable 
there's a very strong prospect she stays in training next season. That's uh, hugely fabulous exciting. Prospect. Fabulous prospect. And to be fair to Cadel Abdullah, you know, he, he, he's the man that made the ultimate in the sporting decisions in keeping Frankel in yeah, training. Spot on. As the a amount year old. of money he could have made sending that horse to stud. Yeah, and, he, and he went straight for Ford. And he enhanced the, he enhanced his legacy yeah, no end. Fabulous, time. fabulous decision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that didn't necessarily make sense at the time but a fabulous sport and decision that couldn't have worked out any better um, for him or the sport and for the much missed Sir Henry Cecil he did an absolutely. incredible job with them absolutely enable I, I love seeing these fillies come back because they're they're better off racing when you're this good you're better off racing yeah. you know then that's that's not just from a commercial point of view I think you are you can win way more prize money there's very few um, broodmares that can that can deliver you know, a million plus mm. year in, year out as these fiddies can deliver as racehorses. Well, look how much it worked out for Aidan O'Brien with Found. Yeah, you just run and She became invaluable to Coolmore after that. You know, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be long enough out in the field spitting out foals. Yeah. Run 100%, completely. Yeah, can't you. wait to see her back. I'd love to see her examine the 10. I think she'd be quick enough. Well, could the Prince of Wales with a clash with Al Winksy? Al Winksy. Come on, Winksy. You have a fun there over in your backyard in your silly Mickey Mouse races. Get on the plane. Can we get an Australian commentator to do it? And uh, as she rounds the final bend and she clashes with the navel, just, and Winksy looks at the crowd! That's 60,000 crowd and says, I'm the best you've ever seen! <laughs> oh, what, what a horse race that would be. And I'd be back in Enable all day. Yeah, I would. Too. Over ten, I, I think. I think I'll Winksy her best chances of being competitive <laughs> in a. You're so patronising. Oh, I'm, I'm sticking with that. You're so I'm sticking with Al Winksy of this horse who's on this incredible unbeaten run. That should look Mickey Mouse races in Australia. <laughs> Only beaten her. <laughs> right. Let's um, move along. No, I'd, I'd love to see it happen. God, wouldn't it be fun? Ten oh, furlongs. Fantastic. Yeah, it'd be great. And it's not an unreasonable compromise. Like Al Winksy, I know they're Mickey Mouse races in Australia running no gallop but she has won over 10 she's won over 11 I'm pretty sure run her run her make it happen lads she's been beaten before she's you know let's have a go let's have a go here these, both these fillies have had their colours lowered before let's make it happen so Enable was the star performer on the day in my view there will be other people though who will view that Batash was actually the star performer oh, right. justice for David Cleary justice I did think of David Cleary immediately <laughs> Cleary. after the race uh, I don't know what happened at York but York can be a funny track uh, Batash can be a funny horse too and he can be a very funny horse uh, the fact that he's a gelding means that we'll get to continue to enjoy his, uh, his his racing career assuming that he stays fit and healthy and mentally sound well, that, that's that's the other thing. We we often say that about Gellings, but it doesn't often work out. You know, for, for every solo Lamato to an extent, yeah. You know, for every Saris the Zagel, there's a heap of them that it doesn't work out for. Mm. But hopefully he does because, by God, he's an absolute rocket, isn't he? He's a machine. He's a rocket. The money that came from as well, like they really went for him, and he's bolted up, and like he's put up. Big performances this season now, twice on soft ground, once on, on much quicker ground at Sandown. He's, he's deadly. Like, what a group one sprint by four lengths. Yeah. Over five. And I, I was giving you that stat before about group one, uh, group sprints that are won by three lengths or more. Was it, there's only three horses have done it and one of them is Lady Radio twice? Something like that, yeah. Some going now. And we're talking about going back to 2010, 2000. Could be even stretching back further than 2006. I don't have the stat to hand, I'm afraid, but it's um, there and the rattling around in the back of my mind somewhere. But the fact that he was able to go and win with four lengths, beating last year's winner Marcia, tells you just how good he is. She's run well. Yeah, uh, profitable's run a fine race, and what's probably his last run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, Batash is serious. He just absolutely smashed them. This was over five on soft. Uh, Lydia Rayleigh was obviously beaten last time out at York, but the clash could be on. Um, are they going to go for the Breeders' Cup? No idea. That'd be interesting. It really would. If we don't see it there, then we would hopefully see it at Royal Ascot next year. Oh, yeah. Want big Stand, one to look forward to. Lydia Rayleigh versus Batash. It is on. Oh, proper race. Yeah. And a shout out just for our Bloodstock fans to Bally Phillips Stodd, Paul, Paul and Marie McCartan. They only keep about a dozen mares. They bred Batash and Harry Angel. Oh, what a shout that is. Pwah. That's incredible. Two dark angels. What a stallion he's been. Ah, he's an absolute legend of a stallion. Uh, let's go for a claim. And remember, he was the, I think he was, I'm pretty sure he was like the original 
he was the first one, you know, in modern times that was retired sound at the end of his two-year-old year and people went nuts. Yeah. They went nuts. Well, they but, went nuts over the Holy Roman Emperor decision to swap him for George Washington. Yeah, that was slightly different. It was. It was That was kind of a contingency plan whereas this was a... Right. Well, they we, they we, needed a dual group one winning son of Dane Hill to replace George Washington, who was proving to be infertile. Yeah, what a great horse! Where, George whereas was, this lad won a weak middle park, yeah. and they retired him. You know, after that, and God by God, it's, it's justified. It's happening a heap more times. It hasn't. No, so it's already worked out as well for for most. Zebedee's not a bad sire, but it hasn't worked out as well for many of the others that they've done it with. But what a sire! Yes. What a sire. And for a horse that, you know, he never raced the tree himself, but his his offspring, they train on and they improve. And just like, you know, no better example, of course, than the great George Bowen, you know, <laughs> holding his form as a five-year-old. He's just a fabulous horse. Fabulous sire. I wondered how long it was going to be before old Georgie, <laughs> Georgie Bowen got another mention. Uh, Acclaim raised his game back to his ideal trip of seven furlongs, following up his win at Doncaster. Um, great ride from Oshin Murphy. Great training performance from Martin Mead. His first Group One as a trainer, and that's fantastic for him because you know he's obviously a hugely talented trainer. But um, you were—I know that you, in the end, were, were going for uh, for Brando, but you were given a claim a, a big shout. And seven furlongs is just ideal for this horse. It is, yeah. And it's just—it's just it's, this is the only Group One opportunity in Europe over mm-hmm. seven. You have six and a half at Deauville, but this is the only one over seven. It's made for him. Maybe he wasn't the strongest renewal of it, and he went and won. And it's very important, and you missed an opportunity for a beautiful bloodstock-related link there, Kennedy. Talking about Dark Angel, you could have said, and from one son of acclamation to another, acclaim. <laughs> and, he, and he'll be a sire acclaim. I wouldn't be surprised if oh, he's yeah. oh, a he stud next season. Yeah. Um, and I'd say there could be a fair old scrap on for him. I was going to say he'd be popular enough. He's um He's... He's very neutral in the scheme of things. He's by a neutral stallion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rat Barry's thought, of course, stand acclamation. Um, he could stand anywhere. And I'd imagine there would be plenty of interest in him. He wasn't a two-year-old. Um, like many acclamations, he was a back-end two-year-old, but he's progressed and improved. He's a good three-year-old, and now he's a very good four-year-old. And he, he's from the family of Monchu. Monju is high up on his page, so mm-hmm. there's a, a successful stallion on the page. Interesting that he's a Monju and so good over seven furlongs. Um, well, just it, Monju's back. He's back a bit. Like his, I, I remember his mother well, actually. Um, Arish. Yeah, she raced um, for Paddy Prendergast, like uh, Patrick Prendergast. She won a maiden list toll, if I remember right, on bad ground. And she herself is a half sister to again who won the Irish One Thousand Guineas mm-hmm. in the Tabor Colours for, Watch, for Watchman, wasn't it? Was it Watchman or O'Brien? Uh, let me check. I have a feeling it was Watchman. It was Watchman. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Um, so, and that, it, you know, I think you, you go back another two generations to get to Monju, but he's there. Yeah. And, Just because uh, he's such a stamina influence. I know that he absolutely, had Absolutely. One of the strongest stamina influences in the recent history yeah. of, the, of the breed. But, um, I think you'd have to say on the, on the in terms of flat stallions. But Acclamation's got another good one there. Uh, let's move on to the Phillies. First of all, Rhododendron. What a shout, Kevin Blake. What a shout. What a, don't mind the shout. What a trainer performance. Well, well let's deal with that. First of all, Shemi Heffernan rides because Ryan Moore decides to go for height. Hydrangea! Hydrangea! Uh, Rhododendron <laughs> travelled all over these. Like, she cruised into the race and then all of a sudden had a battle on her hands with Ryan Moore. Um, and not only did she travel so well, but she then had the guts to go and, and fight out the finish and prevail. It was a cracking ride from Shami Heffernan. It's a brilliant training performance from Aidan O'Brien and from the entire team because things went badly wrong in the Prix de Diane, in the French Oaks. And you were talking about the lovely reintroduction she had in the matron stakes. And maybe it's worked out well for her that, that she missed the middle part of the season because she was so good here that you would have to imagine that her next step, the Breeders' Cup, will play to her strengths. Yeah, you you hope she'd peak on her mm. next start. You know, the way she travelled, like she she should have found more now, really, with her overall profile. She probably, she didn't find as much as I expected. And maybe that's just an indication that she maybe just wasn't a fever pitch. And she could potentially do better than this. Uh, I think the sharper test at Delmar will suit her. Um, but Hydrangea as well. What a class oh, act she is. She's just been so hardy this season. Yeah. 
back to the well again here and fought like a tiger all the way to the line a tigress um, just two really she, good training performances she is yeah. a solid benchmark at group one level I, oh yeah I threatened you uh, yeah, you know the fact that winter was kicking her out of the way mm. for much of the season you know yeah. tells you what, what winter how good winter is on her day but maybe the, we've seen the best of winter for this season I I wonder would all these fillies be back next season I suspect they will be I don't see why they wouldn't be. I don't be. see why not. I mean, they, they brought back an awful lot of them this season, so I don't see why Rhododendron, Winter, Roly-Poly even, possibly. Hydrangea. Hydrangea. I don't see why you wouldn't keep them in training next year. Yeah, a lot of, obviously, with the exception of Roly-Poly, a heap of Galileo fillies there. They yeah. have a heap of group of, you know, you can never have enough Group 1 winning daughters of Galileo out, out in your, your paddocks, but as we said earlier, they can do as much damage on the track in terms of paying their way. Hmm. They might decide to retire Roly Poly because she's now crossed. Yeah, I think she's she's done her job. Yeah, and and they've achieved a lot with her. If, and I think they've achieved a huge amount with her, especially this season. Physically, I wouldn't like to bet on her improving three to four, but I wouldn't have liked to have bet on her improving two to three either. No, no, uh, I agree with that. Whereas, yeah. certainly well, likes a well, winter. Think of the think horse that, that beat her, Brave Anna. Yeah, yeah. And how backward she went in yeah. the end. Um, like the likes of Winter now, I could see improving it for. So I, yeah, I, I would see all these fillies coming back. Rhododendron, maybe not. She's had her, she's had her, her issues. Well, I'd really, I hope they keep her in training. I yeah, know she's I'd, had I'd her like problems, it. but it, it would be fascinating to see. Like you've got to remember how good she was. Like she was a, yeah. a brilliant juvenile. She's run a cracker in the first two classics of the season. Yeah, um, she's a top class horse. I, Delmar is going to be fascinating with her and it'd be great to see her kept in training. That's Rhododendron winning the Prix de l'Opera. Fantastic ride for Shimmy Heffernan. Second group one of the weekend for him. The opening race on Arc Day was won by Charlie Appleby and James Doyle. Wild Illusion, uh, you were talking to me off air, you think she got the run of the, run of the race? Yeah, to, to an extent I thought, yeah. yeah. Polly Dream, who finished second, if they ran this again in three weeks, I know who I'd be on. Mm. And it would be Polly Dream. Things just didn't go quite right for her now. She was she pull, looks she potentially the best of these. Pulled hard, ended up with a bit to do, and picked up very well. Just could not get to the leader, who was given a a pretty clever ride by James Doyle. No nonsense, but clever ride, I think, by James Doyle. Yeah, happily. Uh, so Michael Tabor came up with the idea of running a filly in this race. We now know, thanks to Aidan O'Brien telling us, uh, and she won the Qatar Prix Jean Luc Lagardère. The race formerly known as the Grand Criterium. So we talked about this last week on the show that Edna Bryan's got a really good record in this race. And it was interesting that they were sending a filly to it. She made full, took full advantage of the £4 sex allowance um, and gets back-to-back group on wins. Yeah, looked at... Uh, and they de- backed her very heavily as well. They did. Look, uh, just a good decision, well made. Um, she took her time to, to hit top gear mm. now. She yeah, took her she in, did. in the style of one that will stay, you know, certainly 10 next year. Um, but God, she showed a nice attitude to pressure, to be fair to her. And like, it's it's not like, you know, you look at her, you, her, her mother, you're so thrilling. Now, as I think, that's her third group one winner now. You know, I don't, there's been very few mares that have had more group one winners than that. Yeah. I know she's a full sister to Glen Eagles, but she looks more of a, 10 furlong, 12 furlong horse to me. Yeah, she's a full sister to Marvellous as well who had her very best day over a mile but um, I was probably a miler to be fair. We didn't get to see loads of her after that day in the mm. Irish Guineas but she certainly looked, you'd be very surprised if she doesn't stay 10. It is worth bearing in mind too that Phillies have tried this before. Moonlight Cloud who we know is top class and Intercontinental and they couldn't do it. Yeah, it's a, like this wasn't the strongest renewal though. I think we, we'd have to qualify it with that. But, yeah. And um, you could knock this performance. I thought it was very good. Okay. Tough, hardy, and um, plenty of promise for the view to next season. Yeah. Shrewd move from Michael Tabor. We'll do a comparison between her and Clemmie later on. But before we walk away from France, the only Group 1 winner over the entire weekend for the French was Vizirabad, who was 6-1 to one on because Big Orange came out again. Uh, you've written about this in your article for At The Races this weekend and I was or this week I should be saying and I was quite struck by the figures that you've got for French horses achieving ratings over 120 over the last few years 
Yeah, it's just been really disappointing. Like, I was going by the, the world thoroughbred rankings, which is kind of as neutral as it gets, really, in, in the scheme of worldwide ratings. And in terms of 120-plus horses they've had in 2009, 9, 2010, 12, 2011, 13, 2012, 10. But then we start to get a bit of a slide. This was the one that really... 2013, 6, 2014, Oof. 5, 2015... Back on track a bit, 9, 2016, when bear in mind there was big problems in Sean T with, with various mm. illnesses, 2. Shocking. Just 2. And this season they've had, they have 4 in at the last update. It'll be 5, I'd say, after the new ratings come out with Clot of Stars. But 5, 120 plusers is just a below par performance based on historical standards for the French and for them to get whitewashed on their biggest day. Like imagine, imagine the, the British didn't have a winner at British Champions Day. Imagine the Irish didn't have one winner in either one of Irish, the Irish Champions Weekend yeah. cards. Oh my God, you'd, you'd, be, you'd be coming out of the place, you know, with, with your hands in the air going, what's going on here, lads? What's, yeah. what's, the, what's the crack? And it's it's not like they don't have Andre Fab being handed top-class Godolphin prospects and other... The, all, all, the, all the best Agas are in France yeah. now. You know, there's the so, tip-top trainers. You know, Al Alshakab in recent years have made huge investments in France. I, I know that you have um, like a consolidation of Galileos with, with obviously with Coolmore, and you've got all oh, Dubawis with Godolphin. But Godolphin have a significant interest at in France. Alshakab have pumped a lot of money in there. Like they're getting talent, they're getting prospects. So what's going on? What's what's gone wrong? I don't know. I really don't know. Simple as that, I don't know. It's scary <laughs> for a country that is as successful as it is with racing and that hosts the most prestigious horse race in the world. Um, racing in France is a funny thing. I saw there was a bit of a conference on there, was it today or yesterday, kind of international racing conference, and the French representative said they had some statistics that said 80% of people in France over the age of 15, I think it was, um, were asked, you know, what do you think of racing? Like it, hate it, no opinion. Eighty percent said no opinion. They just don't care. It's right. not. It's not a big sport in France. You know, it has all the history. It has the funding model that we're also and that we're so envious of. But you know, outside the big days, people don't go racing. Famously, people don't go racing in France. Yeah. You know, you can get into the arc there for I don't know a couple of euros, free mm. race card, and if it wasn't for you know the English going over to the arc. You know, it wouldn't be a huge, as big an affair as as it, as it is. It's it's a bit mad, really. It makes you it makes you grateful for the great support we have for racing amongst the public in Ireland, in England, and in the UK. Yeah, because uh, they just don't have it, that in France. It really makes you appreciate that more. And I know that that's not an answer for why don't they have more one twenty horses, but it's just to kind of widen the discussion yeah. a bit because I don't have an answer for the for the main question. Basically, I don't know. Last year we had an obvious excuse with the illnesses and Sean T, but. <laughs> Uh, we don't have that this year. I asked you about Order St. George going for the stairs race at Ascot. Could Viserabad or will he go for a similar campaign to last year? Dubai, break, skip Ascot and come back and try and win this race. This was his first time winning this race. Yeah, look, it, it makes sense. To, you know, If it's working, keep doing it. Yeah. Dubai seems to suit him all right. And yeah, kick on. All right, let's go to the UK, shall we? New market. HQ with the exception of Cheltenham, obviously, which is the real HQ of racing, and it's on the way. Uh, must tell you about next week's show, because I'm looking forward to that. But, Clemmy, I want to start with, Kevin Blake, uh, because I thought she was exceptional. She is Galileo's first Group 1 winner over six furlongs. She, were, she was going to be up to seven furlongs in the Moy glare, uh, was pulled at the last second due to the ground. We talked about the strength and depth of this race beforehand. She's gone off... Um, a a short price. Hartek did come out, but she still had to take on Treading. She had to face uh, Madeline, in a pretty decent form, different league, and she's done it well. Pop quiz, hot shot. Go for it. On the subject of it being Galileo's first Group One winner over six, yeah. Sadler's Wells. I'm ninety nine point nine percent certain in this. But correct me if I'm wrong. I reckon in his long and illustrious career as a stallion, he only had one horse to win a group race 
over six furlongs or shorter. In this case, it was six. Name that filly. You won't oh. get it. It's a very obscure question. <laughs> She's I'm, turned out to be a good broodmare. I'm not going to get it, so I'll be here all day with you. Liz Canna, trained by David Watchman. Yeah, I wouldn't have got Saddler's that. Saddler's Wells out of the hinge. Subsequently, the dam of, we mentioned there already, Brave Anna, hit of the bomb. Um, Neither of who trained on, interestingly enough. Yeah, races, used to race in the silks of Evie Stockwell, John Magner's mother. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting little snippet. Yeah. Um, let, talk to me about Clemmy. Like, we've already discussed Happily and her prospects for next year. Magical. Yeah, Clemmy's the best. Magical ran, well, that's what I was just going to say to you. Clemmy's the best of I think. I think this is a stunning horse and she's a ridiculously short price for the 1,000 guineas next year. But Not she, as ridiculous as September was a few months ago. <laughs> Um, but um, yeah, she's she's the best. Of them. She's made significant improvement, and she looks all class. Yeah, she's the best of them. You know, she's ready for seven now. You know, if they, if she's ready for seven now, but she got away with it here. You know, I thought she'd a real race on with, with Conor Maran's different league. Yeah, she traveled, um, traveled real well. Great, but the afterburn has kicked in with Clemmy late on. Good night, and, good luck, and. Good night and good luck. Yeah. Really nice performance. Different leagues, a proper filly. But Clemmy is... She's enhanced her reputation. Oh, yeah. League, to be fair. Big time. And we're not just saying that because Con's now listening to the podcast. <laughs> How are you, Con? Uh, we're saying uh, because I, she I, genuinely I, has. I text him after the race and I said, something to the effect of you can be very proud of that. The winner's a machine. And the reply was, the second is a machine too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but uh, ah, she, was, she was deadly clammy um, know, I'll be really looking forward to her over a mile next season now. to be fair to a uh, different league Clemmy is in a different league to her and it's it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with her the one concern that I would have with her in terms of going for the 1000 guineas next season is the sense that they've mentioned possibly going to the Breeders' Cup yeah there hasn't there wouldn't be a great record there of two-year-olds that ran at the Breeders' Cup meeting that came back to compete in European classics. There was that American-owned Aiden O'Brien horse that won the Epsom Oaks at a ridiculous price uh, who ran in the Breeders' Cup Phillies juvenile. Um, qualify? Yes, qualify. Uh. Good man yourself. But I'd like to think that September is the one who goes there. Yeah, I think that... Well, I don't know if she'd want to rattle on fast ground She either. might go to Champions Day, actually. Yeah, that might suit her a bit better now. Yeah. Um, but Clemmy's differently. No, I, I wouldn't like the sound of that idea now. But we'll see. I'd, I'd love to see her out there. But it just it wouldn't fill you with confidence for her um, classic campaign. Yeah, one who may very well go to the Breeders' Cup and probably will is uh, the aptly named U.S. Navy flag, who is having his ninth start of the campaign and goes and wins the Middle Park. Aidan O'Brien's got better horses than this, but this is a full brother to Roly Poly. And is a similar type who just seems to keep on improving with his racing. And to be fair, uh, for Shemi Heffernan, he did it well. And to be fair to him, he was a big price here, but he had been very impressive on his previous start. Mm. He'd absolutely bolted up. And we got, well, I certainly looked at that at the time. Went, huh? yeah. you know, where's that come from? And now he's gone and done it again. So, you know, you, you have to give the horse credit as well. He's not exactly the sexy profile that we all like in our group one winning two-year-olds. But, but he is a war front, though. But he's gone and done it twice by the great war front. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, he, like I say, he's not the, the sexiest type, but he'd be a he'd be Commonwealth Cup horse for next season, you'd imagine. Yeah, he's going to go to the British Cup, isn't he? I, I absolutely don't see why not. Yeah, kick on. Yeah, and he Run him. Run him. Uh, he'd have a big chance if he goes there. Hey, Jonesy's the horse that you've given a big mention to. He's shown himself to be very classy. Yeah, he ran well, didn't he? He did yeah. run well. Not quite good enough for, no. for those who, who supported him each way, but he ran well. Smashed in the betting into 8-1. to one. And, and Fleet Review, giving it a 1-2 for the Warfronts. Yeah, that, that surprised me now. I didn't have a, a super high opinion of him going into the race. Well, but another one who's had a busy campaign of it. Not, not quite as busy as the other fella, but um, a, a good solid performance. Hmm. You know, I don't think you could use him as a as a means to, to to strip down the form now. I think it was a good effort and proved effort by him. Yeah. And the uh, US Navy flag probably hasn't had to improve a huge amount from what he did or seemed to do last time, which which very much looks real now. Yeah, very much so. Uh so we'll see him hopefully the Breeders' Cup night live on at the races. Possibly in terms of these horses progressing, maybe Roaring Line is the one that we should focus on. Uh he could go for the RP trophy next. He beat Nelson who drifted like a barge. Uh, 
Herculean, Herculean was taken out uh, and he's done it well for John Gosden and he has to be fair yeah unbeaten now in, in three and a funny type of race to watch now with, like Nelson came off the bride a long way out and just kept plugging away didn't he and mm. Milderberger kept plugging away and yeah. it was a funny type of race to watch now uh, but Roaring Lion he's unbeaten uh, Son of Kittens Joy who's getting some nice horses he in, is, in, in this neck of the woods yeah. um, obviously American based um, and yeah I don't have much more to say about it than that a good solid performance but I don't want to be getting too carried away yeah neither would I but he's going to be live on ATR if he has another run this season because it's going to be either the RP Trophy at Doncaster or the Breeders' Cup yeah we look forward I certainly look forward to seeing him now yeah. I just I just that was a funny type of race now. In-depth analysis of the Cambridgeshire. 50 to 1 shot beats 100 to 1 shot beats a 50 to 1 shot. If you did the TriCast, £90,344.98 pence to a £1 stake. And well done to you if you did it. Good luck. Uh, kicked off a nice weekend for Mark Mead. Other than that, I don't have a whole lot to say about yeah, that. Neither do I. No, no, no offence in the matter, but neither do I. Do you have to talk about uh, Beat the Bank though? who oh, yeah. is, this is a horse who's progressing very, very nicely. Uh, I remember covering him on TalkSport 2 on his previous success and he looked brilliant that day when he beat uh, Make Time at Goodwood. Uh, he's taken on Sir John Lavery, who oh, was so unlucky last time out. And Sir John Lavery is a pretty decent horse, I would wager, and will win a pretty good race, I would think. Beat the bank is thrashed him by five lengths. Smash them. Smashed him. He's a horse with an interesting profile. He was gelded early on in his life. Um, trained by Darren Bunyan, who who won a, a maiden at Dundalk mm-hmm. in February. Would beat a, beat a good horse, beat a horse of McAlfred's called Vinci, who's who since won a few races and has sold to, been sold to Hong Kong and uh, was bought privately and has just progressed relentlessly for Andrew Balding. And this was, you know, a very much another big step in the right direction. You know, beating Sir John by five lengths is no joke. Um, he's absolutely bolted up. On time from ratings, he's only two pounds inferior to Ripchester now. Yeah, there's no reason to doubt this. This looked real to me. Yeah. Um, You know, he's won on good to firm ground earlier in his life. His last two big efforts have come on, on ground with an ease in it. Um, but... He does look the real deal, doesn't he? No, oh, he looks a looks proper very, horse. Looks very well he, bought, well recruited, and uh, looks a proper horse. And he will put it up to Ripchester in the QE2. It's got to step up again. He does, but... Based on that, that run the last day, you wouldn't be knocking him, would you? No. I still think Ripchester will beat him, but he'll be a proper contender for him. And, and that's needed because of how the season has unfolded with Churchill going off in one direction. Yeah. And, um, Barney Roy stepping up and trip as well. You need to have something that can give Ripchester a race and he's the horse who's going to do it. Yeah, and you'd imagine, maybe the market's up already, you'd imagine Ripchester would be a, pr- a pretty heavy favourite over him. He's 2-1 to one and I think it's 4-1 to one or 3-1 yeah. to one beat the bank. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you'd imagine Ripchester would be the more popular of the two, but, oh, yeah. it, but it's a horse race. Um, two horses to wrap up with from our flat review. Uh, the first is the £1.6 million yearling by Frankel out of the fantastic attraction. Um, the reason I want to mention this horse is because Mark Johnston seemingly was quite nervous beforehand, which is unusual for him. And if he was nervous, that suggests that he's probably got a good one here. And the horse has done it really, really nicely. Um, Guinea's prospect for next year. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> 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 no, did it well to be fair. Did it well. Beat a nice horse and tip to win who has plenty of solid form in the book. And yeah, it looks like a mile will, will come easily to him um, next season. And yeah, this lovely horse. Another lovely horse. We've seen a bucket of lovely horses yeah. there in the last two weeks, haven't we? And yeah. it's sure to be more to come. I love back end maidens and back end group races. Really, speaking, really sets you up for the winter. Speaking of back end group races, uh, Dundalk. Aye, aye. Group 3 company War Decree looked like he would be Group 1 class last season uh, The big question mark about him was Oh he's a war front, do they train on? No they don't uh, Was the reaction then when he was Being beaten by Eminent uh, At Newmarket, he was thrashed that day When he was favoured, then he went over to France He ran a good race to be fair, 
he wasn't beaten far in the French Derby. We hadn't seen him since. This is a Group 3 race, but he has absolutely bolted up. He has cruised all over this field. And Absolute Blast is a decent horse. Abingdon is a decent horse, and he's thrashed them. He's jabbered up. Absolutely jabbered up. And he's done it while drifting in the market as well. Yeah, funny old market for the race, but he was he was deadly. He was very good. Um, he'll step up in class now. You know, he took... After France, you you weren't a hundred percent sure how well the trip had suited him, but he's he's shown it here. Ten is just fine for him as well. It's nearly eleven at Dundalk, but he yeah. he's done it very well. Travel showed loads of pace and put the race to bed very quick. Lovely. So next up for him, could he go to Delmar for the Breeders' Cup Turf Mile, or could he go for the Classic? Roll the dice. Ooh, go for it. It'd be a big step up. I I think it's so hard for a horse to win on dirt first time, but. Even when they're bred for it, as this fella is, I think it's a big, big ask. But hey, run him! Didn't a declaration of war had worked on dirt for? You'd have to fly him over to Suddle, the old Giants Causeway, prep. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had worked on dirt for Todd Fletcher, but hadn't raced on it. I think declaration okay. of war. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But then, of course, ran a cracker. Yeah, absolute storm one just just edged out. Uh, I mean, look, it's it's a massive step up, but Candace has been making the point that this gun runner is not like he's gone very short now for the classic. She's not, and I might be I'm paraphrasing here. I don't think she's convinced he'll stay. Okay, um, and Arrogate's got questions to answer. He does. So I'm not saying that oh he's an absolute solid moral for the Sounds classic. Like that's what you're saying throw, to me. Throw, but I am saying roll the dice. Like it's, <laughs> Run it's him. Seem, it seems to be open enough. So Run him. If he goes to the Breeders' Cup, you would be thinking either Breeders' Cup Mile, Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile, or Classic. Run him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I'd be interested to see him wherever he turns up now. That's Top quality inside. Next week on the Final Front Podcast, we will be joined by Lydia Hislop as we do our first official National Hunt Preview of the 2017-2018 campaign. That's people banging on the windows outside. They, they heard the, the NH words. <laughs> <laughs> well, I put my article up on Facebook this evening and I got, it's about an Abel and the Ark and a fella, you like, what, fire up that bleep machine. <laughs> a fella, has co- Alex, Alex, Alex Maher, has commented under it simply, f***ing Abel and f- the flat it's national hunt time smiley face <laughs> articulating of, what a nation is thinking one of the best performances we've seen on the flat this season doesn't care just I want to talk about Jeski Rathvinden and Sayar uh, let's, let's talk, go let's, let's talk do about it. the the Easterback hurdle um, wearing JP Silks of course a former champion hurdle winner himself uh, bouncing right back to form he's He's only nine. That's mad, isn't it? And I, I like I would be slightly concerned that we're going to get way too carried away here. But we did last year. We did last year, and it all went wrong that um, season for Jeski. But uh, this was terrific to see. Oh, it was great, wasn't it? He, like he's nine. He's nine. It seems like ten years ago he was battling with Hurricane Fly and 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 our Connor and all them horses. You know what, what a horse he's been and showed all his gears are still there. You know, this wasn't the, the strongest run race, but God, he travelled and he quickened. And he, you know, he's a champion hurdler. He's won a champion hurdle. And you watch him jump late on, jumping at speed. And he's just, he jumped like a champion hurdler. Yeah. You know, fabulous to watch. Great. Really enjoyed it now. Really put a big old smile on my face just after the arc. Um, as if it wasn't big enough after Enable. But great, great to see him back. Stick the two miles. Never mind your stairs hurdle. Let's see. Let's see how much ability is still in the tank there over two miles. Because I think that's his trip. I, I was never fond of the notion of him going up and trip. Yeah, and, I remember uh, Jamie. Jamie Codd was talking about him just having the class to to stay, but that doesn't always translate. I mean, we had the famous incident with Thousand Stars, for example. Yeah, just it's just months. not. He's a, he's a champion hurdle yeah. horse. Um, Mark Walsh was making the point that he was so enthusiastic at his hurdles as well. He's never fallen or unseated. Now he did have that famous. That incident, mistake. that huge yeah. mistake against Hurricane Fly when he made history winning his fifth Irish champion hurdle. What a day that was. But um, he's just run an absolute storm. Actually, he's a, he's a super hurdler. Lovely jumper. Great to watch. Fabulous horse. Well done to Connections. Well done to Jesse uh, for sweetening him up again. And I can't wait to see him again. Great horse. A little bit of history here because it was the Hurricane Fly Silks finishing second. 
Ah, good shout. Which yeah, is yeah, nice yeah. to see. Uh, Cock on Mons. I might have made an absolute balls that pronunciation, but I would like to see him stepped up and trip and he could be quite decent. Potentially, yeah. Yeah, Charles Gar, a little bit disappointing in behind. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Maybe running too soon? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Sayar, you were saying that this horse is going to win a, a graded race early on this campaign and he's gone and done it. Yeah, he'll be the one to take the beating in the Royal Bond, I suspect. Um, I think he's very good. Um, the, the aim with Houses of Parliament was to set out and make it a test, try and expose any frailties in Sayar's jumping or his stamina, and his jumping was much improved. Uh, and he that he showed that turn of foot that he showed at Kilbegan, and he for to me he just looked to get idle late mm. on. Mm. Um, it was a lovely performance, so I was really encouraged to see his jumping improve as it did. He's still not an electric hurdler by any means, but he he was certainly grand. I think was the way I described it, as opposed to he was to, fine. He was fine. No, he's a he's better than fine. He was grand. I, I he was all grand. these words. Uh, they're on a, There is a scale of these words. For those of you <laughs> making memes, he was fine. No, he was grand. He, he was, was grand. grand. It's better than fine. He was grand. For those of you making Kevin Blake memes, <laughs> he was grand. But I, I was delighted with it. Now I think it was a good step up in the right direction. Royal Bond next, you reckon? Uh, maybe not next. He could run in something like the the four auction novice hurdle, maybe, and then go to the Royal Bond. Give him a little bit more experience. Yeah. Okay. Good performance, very good. Very briefly. Could be a Supreme Novices horse. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I think, and, still, I think he's still a wild price for that, you know. And you called him early on. Hey, listen, Melon fans, if you want to get the money back, lump on Sayar now and we'll see you all in Dubai. Uh, very briefly, Rath Vinden's making up for lost time. Yeah, great Ju- performance. Jump. Just the 18 lengths he won by. Yeah, jump well, fine performance. Lovely. Yeah, fine performance. Uh, and a toy fill back in winning ways at Goran Park. Yeah, Balakuda's floss, a little bit disappointing, but mm-hmm. take nothing away from Atois. It was a decent performance. Uh, we are going to see debt duty over fences. Yeah, tomorrow. Can't yeah. wait to well, see it. Well, as it, it'll be today, uh, today now, really, yeah, yeah. as the podcast is released. Can't wait to see it now. Looking uh, so forward to it. I would, and we'll talk about this with Lydia in, in more depth. So what we're going to do is National Hunt Preview with Lydia next week, the week after Champions Preview. Back to the flash Just to wind people up Just to really confuse you <laughs> uh, For Ascot Then after that We're going to do Another national preview Mr Tony Keenan And Roy Delarkey Robbie McNamara Is back with us Very soon as well And there's a few Other special guests That we've lined up But we don't want to say Too much Because you know Keep it all as a secret Let's not Let's not spoil the surprise Sayer 33 to 1 for the Supreme Get on, you'll says have, Kevin you'll Blake. Have, you'll have worse anti-post bets this Get year. on, says Kevin Blake. Right, that's it. We're back next week with Lydia Hislop. Um, really looking forward to that and hopefully you're going to be looking forward to it as well. Thank you so much for all the kind words about last week's show, by the way. We had absolute bonkers fun with Vanessa. Kevin has the rap ready and he signed up the rap artist <laughs> to perform and apparently that's going to happen on next week's show. The, the so. Ista rap. <laughs> the Ista rap. It's got to be Ista rap, apparently. <laughs> Uh, so we'll we'll see how that goes and um, that's good for you absolute chaos we're going to do that next week uh, it was producer Tuala was in the hot seat in place of D this week because D's busy apparently she was off working on another project so thank you Tuala you can say something oh, yeah, no problem <laughs> or otherwise it's just pure silence in the background have you lined up the song for us yes well done uh, we tragically lost one of the greats the absolute legend that was Tom Petty he was so brilliant and I strongly recommend that you go back and listen to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers Best Of and also his work with the Travelling Wilburys. They did some brilliant, brilliant songs but we'll briefly leave you with this which was just utterly fantastic. We're back next week on AtTheRaces.com and on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe for free there. You can also give us a five-star rating if you are so kindly obliged. Bang, bang. Thank you very much. We're back with Lily Hislop next week to preview the jumps. We can't wait. Remembering a great Tom Petty. Thank you so much for listening. We'll chat to you next week. God bless. Well, I won't back down. No, I won't back down. You can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't back down. No, I Yeah.
Have you downloaded the free app The Races app yet? With easy to use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.